You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Many years ago, a couple of years after we settled into our new house in the French Alps, I was chatting to our next door neighbour who said to me, he said, I know when you moved in here first you told me exactly what you do for a living. He said, but would you mind telling me again? And I said, why? And he said, well, he said, myself and my wife were sitting on our balcony a couple of days ago observing you and yours, and we've come to the conclusion that you spend most of your time doing nothing. He didn't quite say it like that, but we'll keep the party clean. To a casual observer, it might often appear that I spend a lot of time doing nothing. For example, in those days, I would often sit on my balcony and meditate for perhaps 60 minutes at a time. And obviously, anybody passing by might think either I was doing nothing or that I was simply snoozing on the balcony. But oftentimes, I would actually be sitting on my balcony doing nothing. I recollect one particular Sunday afternoon in 2008, the middle of the summer, and I sat on my balcony with a glass of wine from about 2 p.m. in the afternoon to 5 p.m. I never moved. My glass of wine sat there untouched. I simply sat there observing. I suppose you could say that I sat there being. Did absolutely nothing. When I got up, I went inside and I said to Lisa, I said, give us a minute because there are a couple of things that occurred to me while I was sitting there that I wanted to write down before I forget them. I thought I was going to write down perhaps two or three things, big things that had occurred to me while I was sitting there. But actually I ended up with a list of 21 things that had occurred to me. And then I added a final one, almost what you might describe as an afterthought. It was that maybe I should have a weekly newsletter. But this would be a weekly newsletter with a difference. It would be a weekly video newsletter. Hence my weekly videos and tips. There are now over 700 of them. They stretch back to December 2008. Perhaps you get them, and if you don't, perhaps you should. What was happening? What was I doing? Why is it that I recommend to all the people with whom I work, and everybody who owns the online program, that we should sit and do nothing? What was I doing? I wasn't sitting there looking for something. I was simply sitting there, as I said a minute ago, being. We all need to let our minds settle. It's, it's, it's like power meditation, although most people who teach meditation would say, you can't meditate with your eyes open, which I must admit I find ludicrous because, after all, we live our lives with our eyes open, or at least we would hope we live our lives with our eyes open. And therefore, I would regard sitting, doing nothing, 
watching the world go by, if I could say it like that, as perhaps the most powerful form of meditation plus. Because what is going on when we allow our minds settle? Or I can put it another way. What is going on when we allow our minds empty? A lot of teaching in meditation talks about emptying the mind or finding the gap, the gap between the normal way in which our minds operate and an experience that kind of confirms to us that we're part of something bigger. I can't say any more to it than that because that would be me attempting, and which would only be a poor attempt, to describe how I feel in those circumstances. And how I feel in those circumstances is unique to me. And therefore you're going to have to go and discover it yourself. Or maybe you're not. Because, as I said a minute ago, I wasn't looking for something sitting down for those three hours. What occurred to me found me. In other words, when we lose ourselves in a situation like that, actually what we're doing is finding ourselves. As I said, I recommend this doing nothing to everybody with whom I work. Now, very often I wouldn't recommend it at the outset because people find it very difficult for a start to still their minds for maybe five or ten minutes when they meditate at first. And on that point, you know, an awful lot of people say to me, my mind actually feels as if it is noisier and more distracted than it ever was before. And that's a good thing, because what they're doing is realizing, becoming fully aware of literally the madness of the noise in our own head. Normally, in the course of our ordinary everyday lives, when we're going about our business in a slapdash and haphazard fashion, if we're not using our minds properly, normally, when we're using our minds normally, we're not aware of the noise in our own heads, because that's what's actually driving us to attempt to do what we're supposed to be doing during the course of the day and make a very half-hearted attempt at it indeed. And of course, by virtue of the fact that everybody else is in the same boat too, nobody's recognising the fact that actually we're all crazy together. We all have noisy heads together. But when we stop, when we pause, when we focus on something like the breath in our nostrils, we begin to realize just how noisy our minds are. And you know, people say to me again and again and again, this meditation thing, I can't do it because my mind is getting noisier and noisier. And that's great too, because actually, the deeper you get into meditation at first, the, you, the more you realize the noisier your mind actually is. But then, it passes. Then, you begin to find little experiences of this gap. Then you begin to discover what a settled mind feels like. When we allow our minds settle, when we allow the thoughts that are in our head simply pass by to the extent that eventually in the course of perhaps the twinkling of an eye during a meditation, there are no thoughts. Then what is inside comes to the surface. From what might be described as our gut instinct, what might be described as our intuition, 
what might be described as our real selves. It could be described in, in, in mechanical terms as well, related to the body parts, I suppose, but I'm not going to go into the science, the neuroscience of this in this episode. I simply want to talk about allowing yourself have this experience. What I am suggesting to you is that you set some time aside to simply sit and see, feel, hear, smell and taste. And when your mind wanders, you simply take a nice breath and see, feel, hear, smell and taste. And when your mind wanders again, repeat as needed. The longer you sit and simply see, feel, hear, smell and taste, the deeper you immerse yourself in an experience of the moment. And it is in an experience of the moment that we begin to understand who we are, what our heart desires, and what we need to do next. I didn't say that we discover a major action plan. What I'm saying is we begin to intuit what we need to do to move forward in our lives. I recollect many years ago a client of mine at a particular crossroads in his life asked me what he should do to understand what he needed to do next. And I told him Go to the seaside, go off, give yourself a little holiday. Book yourself into somewhere where you've never been before for just one night. Go off without anything. Go off without your computer or laptop, your iPad, your phone. Leave all that stuff behind. Don't bring any reading with you either. Just go and find somewhere nice where you can sit and watch the sea or watch the world go by and have a nice meal, nice sleep and repeat it the following morning before you get back into your car where you will find the necessary pen and paper because I'm telling you, you will have stuff to write down. Again, a couple of years ago I was talking to a girl in Hamburg in Germany and I asked her what she was doing for the weekend and she said, I'm going to Galway for the weekend. She said, I'm flying out on Saturday morning and flying back on Sunday evening. I said, that's a very short visit and a very long way to go. Why are you going there? And she said, because a few weeks ago you told me to go somewhere by the sea where I'd never been before and sit and do nothing. Very often when we do sit and do nothing, we get up from that exercise and we think that nothing has occurred to us. We think that nothing has shifted. And then we might be showering the following morning, or brushing our teeth, or drying the dishes, or getting dinner, when a penny drops. Because what we have done is we have allowed the weeds that are our own thoughts clear, so that the seeds of what we really need to do, the seeds of real understanding within us, begin to spring forth. It may not happen straight away, 
Sometimes it does, I have to say. It may not happen straight away. But what you're doing is cultivating your own ability to more fully know yourself. Know what you want out of life. And know how truly and effortlessly to put your best foot forward. Will you learn anything? Sitting, doing nothing? No, because you already know it all. What we do when we let our mind settle is unlearn. We unlearn the rubbish that we've been carrying around with us, thinking that it is part and parcel of who we are. We unlearn our own programming. We unlearn the layers of programmed behaviour that have been laid down over the source. But the source is still there. The fire within is still there. All we have to do is let those little flames turn into a glowing fire within us and then we feel the fire within that is our true selves. If you don't know what I'm talking about, all I can do is, for starters, suggest that you double down on your meditation because it may well be that you discover this during a five or six or eight minute session. I know a lot of people do and I know I do regularly these days, but that's by virtue of the fact that I've been meditating for over 30 years and by virtue of the fact that from time to time I meditate for longer, maybe 20 or 30 minutes, and then from time to time I simply sit and do nothing. It's little wonder when you reflect on it that and I can't say all, but certainly most religious or spiritual traditions talk about people going off into the wilderness, or going off into the desert, or going up to sit on a mountain top, or to sit by the river. What are they all talking about? They're talking about doing nothing. And I mean literally doing nothing. People often say to me when I suggest this, surely you mean that I should be focusing on my breathing or focusing on specifically what I'm seeing or hearing? No, you're just sitting there letting the world go by one moment at a time as an observer. In psychology, the subconscious mind is often otherwise referred to as the constant observer. It's always observing. The fact that we are not aware that we have this ability to fully immerse ourselves in the moment as an observer is all down to the fact that we have this constant noise of the 70,000 thoughts that I've referred to many times in these episodes, the 70,000 thoughts that whiz through our head every day, that divorce us from the reality of the moment and divorce us from a knowing of who we are. We need to let those thoughts pass by. Let me come back to the point I've just made about the subconscious mind being the constant observer. Normally we observe nothing. Normally we even notice nothing. Because normally we judge everything that we see, feel, hear, smell and taste. 
if we see a clear blue sky, we say, oh, wow, it's a lovely day, it's a clear blue sky. And whilst that might be a statement of fact on the one hand, it is also a judgment on our part. Because what we are doing is comparing the lovely day to the days that we think are not lovely. Every day is lovely. It's pouring rain right now while I'm recording this podcast. But it's a lovely day because I'm alive and I'm present in the moment. When we see a nice car pass by, we judge it. When we see people pass by, we judge them. We won't go into that in this episode. A lot has been written in relation to the extent to which we are all prejudiced, perhaps from a gender point of view, from a race point of view, etc, etc, etc. But the key point I would make is that as normal human beings using our mind normally, employing the 70,000 thoughts that come from our stored knowledge that we learned, particularly during the third year of our lives, we are all prejudiced. We all have our own very particular set of prejudices. There are people we think we like, and there are people we think we don't like. We don't know any of these people, by the way, because even when we meet someone new for the first time, we put them in a box within the first four seconds because we have this facility to ensure that we don't pay attention to what's going on. We don't actually observe and immerse ourselves in what's going on because to do so would rob us of our ability to hold our attentional spotlight in reserve for the possibility that a lion or tiger or a bear would jump out of the bushes. We don't do any of that. We're always as normal, crazy people, meandering through life, struggling through life, crawling our way through everyday life, judging everything. Let all that fall away. As I said a few minutes ago, you don't learn anything by sitting doing nothing, because you know it all already. And what you begin to discover is what the constant observer knows. Who you are. What you are as part, as an integral part of the universe in which you are breathing in and out. And what you really and truly want out of life. That's a huge question, isn't it? And people often think that it is a question that, first of all, I need to know the answer to this so that I can set my mind in the direction I want my life to go. We've talked about how to do that before, perfect moments, and writing down what you want as if you already have it. People often think they need to know the answer to the big questions. People often think that they need to gear to their loins, build themselves up to make the big decisions. But you don't get to make any big decisions in life if you haven't made the right little choices along the way. And you don't get to live the grand life that you really would like to live, that your heart desires, that you probably don't even know exactly what it is, unless you make the right choices to live your life to the full in the here and now. The old expression that the devil is in the detail cuts both ways. Heaven, if I can use that term, is in the detail of living in the moment in the here and now. And whilst meditation enables us develop our ability or should i say redevelop our ability to do that because we could all do it when we were two or three years old whilst meditation is a daily exercise that enables us to do that sometimes we need to go to boot camp sometimes we need to knuckle down and do less <laughs> as i said to a client a couple of years ago nobody no 
coach, no consultant, no psychologist that you've ever worked with has ever asked you to do less. I'm asking you to do nothing. Go and do nothing. Spend time just, I suppose, I was going to say shooting the breeze, but it's not even shooting the breeze. It's just sitting there, observing and being. I said this to a client, oh, a number of years ago at this stage, and the day after I spent the day with him, he rang me late in the afternoon and said that he had arrived at Dublin Airport that morning to pick up his mother-in-law, who was flying in from Los Angeles, and discovered that her flight that was due to arrive at 8.15 in the morning was delayed for three and a half hours. So he sat in the arrivals lounge in Dublin Airport, not the prettiest place in the world, and observed for three hours. And he said to me he learned more in those three hours than he had learned in many, many years. Now, of course, the point I would make to you is that he learned nothing. What he did was discovered what he already knew. But, but that's only semantics. The point I'm making is that you can do this doing nothing anywhere. What I'm suggesting to you is that you go the whole hog at the outset. You actually go and set three hours aside. Some of my clients, as, as you will have heard a moment ago, set a couple of days aside. Some of my clients regularly set a day aside. And by regularly, I mean perhaps two or three times a year. Other clients will have great difficulty with being told to do nothing. They tell me, oh, that's counterintuitive. And I correct them by saying, no, it is counter-normal. Counterintuitive is not the same thing at all. If you were using your intuition, you would know that from time to time you need to let your mind settle. You need to let your mind still. You need to let the gap happen. You need to let what's inside out. I recollect one particular client who, who lives quite close to the sea, so it would have been very easy for her to go and spend a couple of hours sitting doing nothing, watching the waves, listening to the waves on the stones, watching the world go by. And she was horrified at the idea that she sh should sit and do nothing. And then eventually I convinced her to spend three hours doing nothing, and the following day she rang me and she said, you're going to be very proud of me. She said, I got it done in 60 minutes. I said, that wasn't the point. This isn't an exercise that you rush. This isn't an exercise that you time. In fact, some people will go and sit for three hours and discover that four or five hours has passed. Because when you get into the flow of the universe, when you get into the here and now, time flies when you're having fun. Ultimately, we will achieve what we must achieve in our lives without struggle, without trying. It is trying that holds us back. The one thing, indeed, that will stop you getting what you want in life 
is trying too hard. Because what are you actually saying to yourself? I need to try harder at this because I'm not sure that I can get it. Or perhaps you're even in the matter camp, people who say I need to try really hard because I don't deserve to get this. No, so many people have said to me over the years, I've achieved something that was one of my big goals and it feels like it just happened. Now, of course, it didn't just happen. What they were doing was just what they needed to be doing and doing nothing else. And they were doing it effortlessly. I had a conversation about 15 months ago with a client who said that he found himself in lockdown being totally unfocused, that he seemed to be meandering through his days and it was of concern to him. And I asked him, are you getting stuff done? He said, oh, I'm getting more stuff done than I ever got done. It feels like I'm just doing it effortlessly. I said, you're not losing focus at all. You've actually found your focus. High performers in sport, in business, in life, do what they need to do. And they do it gracefully. They do it effortlessly. Because that's all they're doing. And all of them is doing it. No part of them is thinking about, do I need to try harder? No part of them is saying to themselves, am I making the right impression? No part of them is being distracted by the way in which the normal mind is distracted by, oh, pretty much everything that's going on, including gossip and nonsense and re reading and rereading the news, which of course isn't news at all. People who are in flow are just doing, they're just being and spending three or four hours, yeah, you see it's gone up from two or three hours, <laughs> spending three or four hours doing nothing is going to give you a whiff of what it feels like to simply be in flow, in, simply be chilled, simply be present. Because it is through our presence that we end up effortlessly doing nothing. Now, I've used the word effortlessly a few times, and I said I would steer clear of the neuroscience in this particular session. But it is worth noting that a particular experiment in neuroscience in 2015 discovered that those who are in flow when they're doing what they're doing, I won't go into the details of the experiment right now, but those who are in flow when they're doing what they're doing use almost no neural energy. Those who are attempting to do the same task but are struggling through it burn an enormous amount of neural energy and never quite achieve what they have set out to achieve. That's the trying too hard bit. We need to actually practice not trying at all. And that, now that I think about it, and I've never said it like this before, that is probably one of the biggest benefits of simply sitting Seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling, tasting, watching the world go by, being in the world, being in the moment. Because as you and I both know, we can only live our lives to the full in this moment. You'd better train yourself so that sooner or later you effortlessly turn up to your life now. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, 
just let go. And for more information, visit www.willie-mcgrath.com.